What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the Self Taught Show. I'm Garrett. I'm Sam. Um, uh, this is gonna yeah. be kind of rough, <laughs> like you said. Right. This is gonna be a bit of a messy first episode. We're we have no clue what we're doing. We're doing this very ad hoc, improvised, and uh, this is gonna be an absolute mess. But hey, you gotta start somewhere. Um, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So we're gonna basically go through like how we got into coding and then talk about like where we want to be in five to 10 years. So how I got in coding, um, basically I was in college, I was majoring in marketing and then senior year I had some computer science roommates and they showed me free code camp, code academy and all that fun stuff to learn how to code. And I was like, Oh snap, I made a mistake. I should have majored in computer science. And it was kind of too late cause I was already a senior in college. It was a few months from graduating. So went ahead and finished majoring in marketing got a job at a call center, TD Ameritrade, being a broker. And I kind of, I hated my life, honestly. I felt like a little piece of my soul died every day I went into work. People would call in, complain about how they lost money in this trade. And I'm a people pleaser. So I like to make people happy. So people calling in angry all the time just did not mesh well with me. So I started waking up at like five in the morning, studying a few hours before, or studying code a few hours before I went to work, and then coming home around 6.30, studying a few more hours before I went to sleep, studying on the weekend, doing Team Treehouse, doing Free Code Camp, doing Code Academy, Project Odin, everything I could find. And after grinding for four or five months, I got my first job interview after sending out a couple hundred resumes. Went in, the office was freaking awesome. Didn't do too good on the actual coding part. They gave me a mock-up of a website, and it took me... They basically were like, all right, you have 10 minutes to get as much of this done as you can. And I did as much as I could in 10 minutes. And they looked at it and they're like, ah, you want another 10 minutes? I was like, ah, sure. They gave me another 10 minutes. Still didn't make much more progress and ended up not getting that job. They did offer me an internship position though, but I couldn't make it work financially because I'd have to move. But after a few more months of studying, building cooler stuff, sending out more resumes, probably sent out about a thousand resumes. I got another interview at TD or um, at Tri Digital, and everything went pretty good at the interview. And then a few weeks later, they called me on my way to work, and they were like, "Hey, man, we want to offer you the position." And I was like, "Fuck yes, this is awesome!" Oh, are we gonna curse on the podcast? Maybe we should cut that out. I don't know. <laughs> oh well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what did they ask you in the uh, the code interview for that job that you uh, that you got the job for? For Tri Digitals, yeah. it was. Honestly, it was pretty easy. They, they weren't looking for anybody anybody too advanced. Like you didn't even really need to know JavaScript. That was kind of the bonus question. Uh, they basically just asked like, what is HTML? What is CSS? And then they gave me a little coding challenge where I had to make a div with a box inside of it and then use absolute relative positioning to move it around inside the box and then make a button that alerted my name when you clicked it. So super easy stuff, but I didn't get... I didn't do great on the absolute relative fixed positioning thing. And then they explained how that works to me. And then I could kill it. So they were like, all right, this guy can learn if we teach him stuff. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big reasons they gave me the job. I think like the, the, the whole premise for that test was to see like, is this person computer literate to an extent? Um, and yeah. like, can he, does he at least know his way around an editor, know around uh, just how the web works to an extent, right? Uh, cause, and then yeah. from there, cause like if you have that, you, it's like, imagine having to explain like how a browser works, how an editor works and all that. So it would take way too long versus having a good 
strong uh, fundamentals of very, very basics. And then the fact that you showed that right from the interview you can learn, that's like even greater um, value to them because they want to be able to just like um, give you something. Hey, try this. If you get stuck, you go, hey, um, I think I got this, yeah, but I need like a hint. They give you a hint and then, oh, I know how to, know how to do everything. And they, they just, they can let you be like, that's a uh, thing, something that companies really want. Um, and that's very important. Um, yeah, definitely. Because when you get a new job, I mean, you're not, you're not always working in the same languages, right? Like you got a, your first or one of your recent jobs, you had to learn Kotlin, right? Yeah, basically I, uh, I go, I went there with the expectation of writing JavaScript, mostly TypeScript, React stuff. But then I found myself writing backend code for the most part. Uh, and I had to learn Kotlin on the spot, essentially. And actually, I feel a lot more comfortable in Kotlin than I do Java now. Because um, while they do share a lot of like similarities, uh, Kotlin is so much easier, mm -hmm. so much cleaner. If you think of like how TypeScript is a cleaner version of JavaScript, Kotlin is a cleaner version of Java with some extra nice features in, in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're still working for that first company, right? Or did you change? I forget. Yeah, I'm still there. After about a year, my manager left to go to our sister company, Honey, and I basically became the lead dev. We got a wait, new wait, wait. developer to honey, replace as my in previous the role. Honey, Honey, the browser extension, or another Honey? No, not the browser extension, unfortunately. Oh, uh, they've got a CRM that kind of like competes with Salesforce, All right. but it's more like niched down to like specifically the IT companies. Yeah. So All right. They're doing that now. Interesting. But yeah, so how'd you, what about you? How'd you get into code? Well, okay. you're self -taught my too. story's a bit long. Okay, so, so I like to say that I'm self-taught, but I can't honestly say that entirely because I do have, uh, I do have to give credit that to the school system that I was uh, born in, I guess, like in Italy. Um, I don't, mm -hmm. compared to America where you just have normal high school, in Italy, you pick a major in high school so when you go to like you actually get to pick your school like in america you pick your college in italy you pick your high school as well so and you have to like for example my high school had two majors one was computer science and the other was uh electronics so um wiring circuits and stuff like that um so i lucked out and was able to get a school that taught me the basis of computer science so with them i learned um, C++ a little bit like for the first year but in on honesty they could have just skipped that year completely because um, they didn't teach how you actually use C++ uh, like pointers they never even mentioned them I remember like getting to the third year and then someone mentioned pointers and I'm like I did wait what is that and they're like wait didn't you guys do C++ in the first year and and the, even the teacher was confused like why did we, they not get to teach this thing but that was the curriculum um <laughs> after that i did like around f three well actually five years because i got held back in school actually so i instead of doing five years of high school i did seven uh, and so mm -hmm. i uh i did five years and high school still starts when you're 16 right i wait what High school still start like in the U.S. High school starts when you're 16, or not 16, 14. Uh, yeah, yeah, 14. Is that 14. when it starts there as well? I did, okay, yeah, cool. uh, yeah. So in Italy, normally high school is five years. 
Um, the way this balances out mm-hmm. is our our college is shorter. No, it's not. Wait, how long is college in America? It's four years, right? Four. Yeah, typically four years. Uh, but can get to what? With the master's is it seven? No, uh, five, six? six. Oh yeah, with a some people can take like five or six years just for their undergraduate degree, but master's is usually another two to four. All right. So in Italy, you have um, oh another thing. You got you have middle school. Is that three years? So it's elementary is five. Middle school is three. For us, high school is five years. For you guys, it's four, right? And then yeah, that's right. University here is three years for the like the the quote unquote basic degree, your bachelor degree, um, and then after that, the master is another two years. Um, so that's how that balances out a little bit. Anyways, um, I learned C plus C sharp in high school, so I got a good grasp on object oriented programming. But um, I was never really like the very studious student uh i was more the guy who would be like slacking off sleeping in class but still really liked coding and so i'd usually code a lot at home or whenever we'd have a lab uh, they'd be like okay do this easy exercise and i'd be like okay i did it um how how long does do we have in total it's like you have four hours so like i'm like oh i did it one hour I have three hours to kind of screw around, either you make improvements and so play around with the code and like research how to do interesting things. Like I remember um, at the time it was very difficult for me to figure out how to open a second window on C Sharp and make the two windows communicate um, because that was something that was never taught to us and was never going to be taught to us. So I, I had to do it on my own. And so that was like when I first started teaching myself a bit of code because I had to really go out of my way to find this stuff. And then after that, I don't know how I started, but I ended up learning Node. Um, I think it was out of frustration because I didn't like um, AspNet, which is the web server for uh, C Sharp. And so I just I started learning Node. Then from there, I uh, found React and I started learning that. And with these two things, I was able to basically be a f- write full stack apps with the back end in Node and the front end in React. And I was working on a couple projects while I was in school. And then came the time where I'm like, okay, it's like your last year, you gotta think about going to university or, or whatever. And for a, a certain amount of time, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. Um, but then I had to like, take an extra course uh, in high school for physics because we didn't actually do physics. So if I wanted to do university, I needed to have mm-hmm. like a base in physics. Otherwise, I'd have been completely screwed because um, they would go off the assumption that you know some basic physics. Um, and I went to a couple lessons and I got so bored. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'm just going to I'm just going to look for work. And then after that, I was like, mm, maybe I'll go to college. And then after that, I was like, yeah, no, definitely no, I'm not going. And as soon as I graduated, I um, went on LinkedIn, posted, and said, I'm looking for work. And a month, I had my first opportunity, and I did, like, an interview, and they're like, okay, cool, yeah. Um, so this job is Java. I'm like, oh, I don't know Java yet. Um and so they're like, that's no problem, because uh, we have this academia, 
where we teach our um, people, uh, all the juniors or whatever, and so you can take this course and we'll teach you Java. Um, and so I took the course, realized Java is really easy because C Sharp and Java are so close, like they're so similar that um, all you have to do is really just understand the diff key differences, and there's not many. Um, stuff like how Java treats their primitives, and in C Sharp there are no primitives for types, um, and then how Java does statics versus C Sharp, which uh, to, still to this day is a little bit confusing <laughs> to me. I don't like how Java does it. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird. It's like, do do you know what static um, like static classes or static methods are? Not super well. I still need to dive into Java and C Sharp and all those. All right. So generally, like in um, object-oriented with uh, um, languages that have types, um, a static method or a class or a property is well. Okay. Sorry. Um, a uh, a static class is a special class that only has one instance, um, and but and it's different from a singleton. Uh, that's like a different pattern that generally uses a static class to do that. But the benefit of the static classes is all mm -hmm. the methods then also need to have the keyword of static on it. And static methods and properties are universal for any instance of that class. So you could think of it as like the prototype in JavaScript. So if you assign something uh, to the okay. prototype, it's assigned to every single one of that object that inherits that prototype. Um, in C sharp, it's straightforward like this. You can just tell, say, I want this class to be static in Java. You can't do that. You need to make a nested class and the nested class gets, um, the, um, gets to have the static, um, keyword attached to it. But the, the thing that's confusing, why does it need to be nested? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I gotta look into the reasoning behind that. But anyways, I've, uh, gone way off track. Um, so I did this Java course, but I ended up not liking like the, uh, the people I was working with. So I ended up just like quitting before I even actually started. And so like, yeah, this isn't for me. I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever. Um, they were, the, the academia was funded by the state. So they're like, it doesn't matter to us. We didn't lose any money. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like some government program to help unemployed people start working. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I went back home. Another month went by. I found, I, I looked in my area. I found a pretty good job opportunity. It was going to be a, a, believe it or not, it was going to be a React developer opportunity for Technogym. Because um, apparently Technogym is an Italian company. <laughs> and I did not know that. Um, that was surprising. And that was pretty cool. But I was also looking for jobs in Milan because Milan is the tech hub in Italy and I found a couple opportunities there and I was kind of like um, going I was um, I had my interviews for both some places in Milan and some and that techno gym job which is my only like real good candidate in the area and I just ended up going to Milan because I thought that's probably gonna be the best place to like if I ever need to get a second job or I want to change, I'm here and it's it's just going to be easier. And so I started working in, in Milan. And for the summary of Milan is I worked for 
a company called TXT Solutions, which was in a, an aerospace company. So I was uh, contracted as a software engineer there uh, doing a mix of mm -hmm. everything. And I stayed there for about 11 months. Then I quit and changed jobs to another company, uh, which was a DevOps platform, and it was really cool there. But things didn't work out there either. I ended up quitting from there as well. And now I am working as a consultant and I'm doing pretty much all React right now. So that's oof, long, long, long story. <laughs> but that's how you got in. So you've had basically four jobs in tech so far? Um, I guess if you count the first one that I, I don't, you were just learning. Java, I don't really count, I don't were... really count that one because I didn't even get paid there. Um, I, I got paid in um, lunch tickets. So uh, that's the only thing. And also, like, uh, all my expenses were paid for, but I wasn't getting paid because I wasn't actually hired yet. So it was more just like a course that led into a job. So I, I only count the three right now. Gotcha. So if you're listening to this and you're 14, 15, 13, and you're studying code, stick with it. It'll, it'll yeah. work. Um, if, you're, if you don't know where to start and you're, like, thinking... Oh, what language? And I, we've just, already, I've already mentioned a lot of languages. Uh, if you don't know where to start, pick Python. Python's easy. I'm relearning Python right now. And that's actually another language I learned while I was in high school. Um, it was on a side um, thing with another professor. That wasn't even my main professor. It was just a, a professor that I ended up meeting. I believe I had him for one year, actually, and then I just kept in touch. Um, and I did some stuff in the Python with him. And then I eventually that led into something that was actually really cool, which is we ended up doing this project where we'd go to middle schools and teach middle schoolers some Python to get them interested in, in learning to code. Mo that was mostly like a tactic to get them to come to our school. <laughs> but that was pretty cool. And that yeah. was when you were in high school? Oh, so the, like the high schools were like out there recruiting yeah. for people too. So could the high schools reject no. you? Like you'd apply to a high school and they're like, no, 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 no we don't really they, want they to. Have to no, they have you. to accept you? There okay. is no like rejection like that. But we did have like open days and stuff like that as well. So that was also like a big part of the culture where um, every single school, they'd have three days out of the year, usually around Christmas-ish. So like you'd have uh, either one or two before and one after. Um, and um, after school from, I believe it depends on if it's an open day or open night, but you'd have like a, a four-hour block where you're working after school and you're just showing off projects that you worked on and actually I still have one of my projects that I worked on while I was in um in high school I could show you sometime and uh, maybe it? I can find a way to put it in the show notes um, it was a battleship game like you know uh, just plain old battleship where you get to place your five ships of different sizes and um, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thankful I don't have the code. I only have the executable, but um, I'm thankful I don't have the code because the code was awful. Um, like oh. really, yeah. Going back and really looking at bad. old code always uh, makes you cringe. I, I remember the how how it looked, and I don't I don't want to see it because uh, I remember like all the weird things that I did to cut corners and like figure out. I was I was mostly like that project was a lot of copying and pasting things because I needed to yeah and just exactly. hacking stuff together from hacking stack overflow figure out how to get it to work uh, like I remember I wanted what I wanted to do is I wanted to when you place the ships like this was actually a project that 
um, the school was like, okay, class, we're going to make Battleship today. And that was like a, a project that everyone did. But um, the way that they wanted to place their ships is they wanted to like, okay, you click here on this grid, and then the ship will be five below. Uh, so like the one you click in the, in the four below, sorry, that would make your ship. And it wouldn't mm -hmm. be very visual. Like it works and like the main point of that exercise was to manage the the backend logic the actual business logic of that application and that's what they actually ended up testing like when like uh, when they grade you that's what they look at but i was like no this sucks you can't do this this isn't playable so something i tried to do was i wanted to get a preview going where you'd hover over the cell and it would not only highlight the one you're hovering over but relative to the one where you're at, depending on the ship size, it'll highlight where the ship would be. That was like the main thing that made mine different from everyone else's, and I was quite proud of that. And that was super hacked together, because I had to do some very weird things to get that to work, but I got it working. Um, yep. That's what matters. Um, I ended up at one point, ooh, yeah. So would you say code came more naturally to you than the um, other people? Yeah, generally in high school, I've noticed a pattern, and um, I, I, I'd have to say that I've, I'm more qualified to say that I noticed this pattern because I, having done seven years, that means I got held back twice, and so I had three different groups, because normally in Italy, I don't know how it is in America, but uh, when you start out your year in first grade, those classmates are your classmates for all five years. Every, you share every single class with them. So they are your class. So it'd be like 30 people, and then maybe some people would get held back, and so you'd have less less people. And generally the first two years, people would get left behind because of math, because we'd do a very, very advanced math in that um, high school. Um, but anyway, so I did the first two years of one group, then I got held back, <laughs> and then I did another two, three years, I think, and I got held back in my last year because I was slacking off way too much. And then I did my last year again. Um, and so I've always, something I've always noticed for all the classes I've been with is there is usually um, three people-ish who excel and are like independent with their coding. And so they'll be like, oh, hey, I need you to code this up. And they'll be able, be able to just do it without like even asking any questions. Uh, or maybe they'll the questions they'll ask will be not like, I don't understand the problem or um, question, like beginner questions, they'd be more thinking about edge cases already, like actual like problem solving, like taking it as an interview kind of question kind of thing. I don't know, I don't know how to describe that. It's like it's different, like the beginner questions and the, the questions that prove that you're not a beginner. I don't know, does that make sense to you? Yeah, they're just asking the right questions instead of quote-unquote stupid questions, even though they're under stupid questions. Um, but there's always like this group, this very small group of people who, and these people are either people who are very studious, and so they'll just, just because they hit the book so much, they know all the stuff very well, or they're people who, like me, would just uh, code all day. Well, not all day, but code a lot on their own and just be able to research things, find things on the internet, to be able to patch things together. Then there's a much larger group of people who are the people who just study because they're in school and they're relatively good students and like 
and like they any other subject, they're decent. Then there's the people who um, doing worse than everyone, like just like every other class. And then there's the people who don't understand anything and will not understand anything at all. And you ask yourself, wait, this is a programming high school. How are, how are you in the fourth grade? How are you in the fifth grade? This makes no sense to me. You don't know how to code. How'd you make it this far? But they have to because uh, <laughs> they can't just hold them back because they made a because you could have made the wrong decision of the high school and they don't want to like end your life by keeping you in prison there forever yeah that's intense having to make a big decision about your life like that when you're 14 yeah, that's 15. actually a really big problem in italy as well like um if you accidentally um pick a school you don't like and the school you find out that you would have actually liked if that high school has certain subjects um, which make it very unique, uh, and generally all of them do. So you're pretty much screwed in every. If you have to switch, you're screwed. So uh, the example for my school is mm-hmm. if you went to any, literally any other school, and you changed to our school, you'd struggle in math, guaranteed, because uh, the math that we do in third grade is the math that every other school does in fifth grade. So when you come in from third and you come to our third. You're like, you have to learn two years worth of math um, for our standards, but for your standards, that's normal because you're way further behind. And then if you were to join on the fifth fifth year, generally the last two years of the, of the high school, uh, my high school math is very difficult because we're doing calculus one and two, and this, we're talking like um, infinitesimal calculation integrals I forget what it's called, but it's something along the lines of combinatory mathematics or something like that. If you didn't understand what some of those words mean, that's how people felt when they'd come and join our high school. And you're like, oh, crap, I got to get a private tutor and like do math tutor only <laughs> um, every single day. Oh, so switching high school is going to be a deal, yeah. big deal. It's, <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. Yeah, so you're on your fourth fourth job now. So, like, where do you see yourself with um, with code in like five, ten years? What do you want? What kind of route do you actually? Want to it's, that's a very interesting question because uh, currently, as my current trajectory is, I'm like full stack. I can do both back end and front end. I like the front end more because just because I like React, the workflow of React, in my opinion, is just amazing, and I really enjoy it. But I think I could. Uh, very just as easily one day I think oh I'm I'm now a back-end guy I really like back-end I, I enjoy them both however recently I've liked DevOps a lot more and I want to I want to explore that route a bit more there's a lot of technologies that are like really key for DevOps that I um, that I want to learn so one of the big things I need to learn is go because go is used a lot uh, Things like Docker, Kubernetes, Traffic, which is a um, which is an edge server, which is kind of similar to uh, Nginx. There's Grafana, there's Prometheus. There's a bunch of cool um, industry industry standard technologies that I need to learn, and they're just uh, I think I'm probably going to end up going into DevOps. It's an interesting route. Usually, most people I see in DevOps are like, ah, I don't really like it. I want to go be a front end developer or back end or something yeah. like that. But that's yeah, awesome. What about like you? It. So I know you want to possibly change jobs soon because uh, you want to experience new things. But what do you want to do in the next five to ten years? That is a good question. I 
Like right now, I'm basically just working with vanilla HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Uh, I get to use React every once in a while. You also use Gatsby, don't you? So I'd like to... Yeah, Gatsby's yeah. cool. We'll use that on our on TriDigital site and then when I rebuilt Honey CRM. But want to focus... I want to switch to a job where I get to work with React a lot more and get a little bit of experience with the back end just to where I can start learning and using more stuff on the actual job versus just building it on my side yeah, projects. That's pretty cool. And so I'm currently in Italy. My ideal plan is a year from now maybe two but that's kind of pushing it is to go to the states i'm kind of looking at new york and austin as my uh, target uh, my two most interesting places that i want to move to uh you mentioned to me that you also uh thought about moving to you're in dallas now aren't you yeah i'm in dallas right now but my lease is up in uh, the end of january and i'm thinking about moving to austin so if you end up going there yeah, you might meet cool. one day. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to meet, even if I don't end up going there. Oh yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Well, what, so what are your what are your goals for the week? We got to get this accountability thing going. Currently, I'm teaching my friend Java, so I'm actually tutoring a college student, college, quote unquote, college level Java, because uh, he was one of the students that didn't pick the right path um, for high school. He went and studied chemistry. And so he's really struggling with programming. So I'm giving him, I'm showing him the ropes, uh, getting up, up to speed. The goal would be to by January to be able to write his own project independently because that's what he needs to be able to do because yeah, his exam is going to be building out a project in a lab. And so goals for this week is work on that a little bit because I have to prepare some lessons because now we're starting to get into the more advanced things and i need to have better examples mainly like i can explain things pretty well it's just that when i need to give an example of how to use things i don't want to make stupid examples i want to give real examples like this is something that you may end up doing in in at work because uh, i'm not a fan of like stupid yeah. examples that make no sense just like oh uh foo bar um, person, animal, dog. Um, I, I want to be a bit more realistic. If I want to, if I need to make examples that use these simple things, all right, but they need to make sense. It's like one of the things that I was trying to find a good example was private functions and public functions. Like, what is a realistic example where you could use both of these that isn't? Oh, we're just going to make this private just because, just for sake of example. I want to it to be a real example of how that will make your code more clean and encapsulated. So yeah, I got to work on getting examples. I also want to work on some algorithms a bit because um, I want to get good because if I want to move to America, I have to get really good at um, solving inter interview problems. So I gotta, I'm going to do some revising on um, mm -hmm. algorithms and I'm going to probably could do them in a Jupyter notebook uh, with Python and that's going to be stored on my GitHub that uh, that'll also be like easy to check if I'm actually doing stuff because you can just look at my commit history what about you <laughs> heck yeah and are you still writing blogs at all all right so the blogs oof um no I stopped that and I my blog isn't up yet either that is something I need to do I, but that's probably gonna be next week maybe I don't know we'll see what about you what do you have for this week 
Let's see. So I picked up some freelance work. I'm helping one of my designer friends build build out his portfolio, hoping to have that done by Wednesday. And then I've got to figure out on self.dev, I'm adding the ability to buy like a pro plan. And then the free plan, you could just get like the desktop mock-up. But with the pro, you get like a tablet mock-up, yeah, cool. a mobile mock-up, and a bunch of other stuff. And right now, I've got it plugged into a database. You can sign up through Stripe. Wait. It'll update the role on Netlify. But it won't you update can sign the role up, you can use on the Stripe client as side when you switch from like, do what? You, you said sign up through Stripe. Is that like you can sign <laughs> up like Stripe has like some API for authenticating people? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so right now, basically, it's you log in on Netlify. And then if you want to upgrade your plan, it will send a request to Stripe. And then Stripe will send back a page link where you can basically handle your stripe does have an api where you can do it through the api it's just a little bit easier to just let stripe do it on their page so basically yeah stripe is for payments but like what did you what are you using for authentication i heard stripe or but you're using netlify what i'm confusion yeah netlify has got this i don't know when they put it out but it's called netlify identity it basically will handle authentication for you you can get authentication up and running in like 10 15 minutes so it makes it super easy. This freelance project done, get the Netlify identity stuff working correctly, and then make the Python to-do list project and put that out on Discord. So those are my goals for the week. Perfect. We're both working on Python now, so um, I could help you off that. Like I can help out with the uh, all the questions that are probably going to come out of the Discord now. Yeah, I, I just love giving back to the community. Like I learned from other people helping me. Heck yeah. Yeah, and you're a big help in the Discord. I guess all the education experience you got teaching middle schoolers when you were in high school and teaching all your friends now helps out a lot with that. Giving back not only helps other people, but it confirms your own knowledge. Because if you're not able to teach it, you don't truly know it. I think that's like the, um, the apprentice law, or there's some rule that says like if you can't teach it you don't know it or something like that and so the only way to know things is to teach it i, I can imagine just like explaining and then you're like oh crap i don't know this uh hmm oh yeah making tutorials on how to do stuff on youtube's definitely helps solidify some of the knowledge right it's kind of like i don't know if it was like this in high school for you but in high school here you'd be in math class and they teach you some stuff. And you're like, yeah, yeah, this is easy. And then you get home, you try to do your homework and you're like, whoop, I don't know how to do any of this actually. Yeah, that, that was a big problem, especially, well, especially in my last few years. Cause, um, the level was so high. I'd have to like go into, um, university level resources, um, for my math. And so it's very difficult to find help. And so you have to make sure you understand. Otherwise you are screwed. <laughs> cool man well yeah, I gotta get back to working on this freelance project so anything else you wanna say before we close out the show uh, so much pressure you just put on me uh, don't have anything really interesting um, that's about it um, <laughs> if you enjoyed or and have any feedback yeah help us help us improve help us get better any criticism both positive and negative we need that because this is just a big trial um the whole reason this podcast exists is because one day i got up i said hey garrett you want to do a podcast he's like hell yeah man let's do it i was like awesome getting to do more fun stuff with you is awesome <laughs> cool 
Well, yeah, if you guys want to come hop in the Discord and talk to us, uh, the Discord link is going to be in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And I think that's about it for this one. So see you guys later.